0: I talk about the fact that I'm a feminist as often mm-hmm. as I can, mm-hmm. and every time I do, it gets huge reaction and media reacts and the yeah. Twitterverse explodes and things like that because here I am saying I'm a feminist. Yeah. I will keep saying that mm-hmm. until there is no more reaction uh, to that when I say it because that's where we want to get to. It's just, if you're progressive, you really should be a feminist because it's about equality, it's about respect, it's about making the best of, of the world that we have. <laughs> from my wife Sophie continues to challenge me and one of the things that, you know, we were having a conversation at one point, I said, look, I, I talk to our daughter Ella, I talk to Ella all the time about how, you know, she can do anything she wants and she's just as good as any and she's better than any man because she's brilliant and she's wonderful and everything and Sophie's like, good, that's great, but how are you saying that to our sons as well, you know, how are you training your sons? To be focused on women's rights and women's opportunities, uh, the way you know you're focused on, you know, telling your daughter that she can be anything, and that for me was a really uh, important wake-up, and and that's that's
1: great. Pregnancy, birth, parenting, it means so many different things to so many different people. What does living a healthy reproductive life mean in the context of reproductive justice? Our birth conversations are the kind that often get left out of the mainstream. I promise, like life. We'll leave you with some answers, but perhaps more questions. These are birth conversations that matter. These are the birth talks. Are you ready? Hey everyone, I'm your host, Mai, and we are back with our second episode in series two What does it mean to raise a feminist kid through the eyes of a feminist dad? And there is no doubt that men play such an important role in this fight for gender equality. So I sit down with Michael. Wodzicki, uh, who I actually work with, and uh, ask him, what does it mean to be a feminist dad?
2: Hello, my, my name is Michael Woodziki, uh, and I'm a very proud father of, of three kids. Uh, I have an oldest daughter who's nine, and I have a son who is uh, going to be seven in a few days, and then I have a third son who is three and a half years old, and we live in Aylmer, which is in Gatineau, Quebec, just on the other side of Ottawa, and um, I am a very, very proud dad. It's part of very much part of of who I am and how I identify myself now.
1: that's great. and And actually, one of the reasons we're doing um this topic on feminist uh, how to raise a feminist kid is because um, you actually brought it up uh, in terms of the importance of raising feminist sons. So I was wondering, in terms of maybe if what's what's your definition of, feminist.
2: I think being a I'm I'm not someone who who uses words with ists attached to the end of it uh, very often. Um, if you're an ist, it necessarily pushes you into a corner and, and you're typecast. And so I don't know that I ever thought of myself as raising feminist sons or a feminist daughter or as a feminist myself. But rather, it's the idea that you're raising your kids to understand that um, that if that women, put very simply, uh, face even today and, and now 2018, will always inevitably face more challenges in anything and everything that they do, just because they are women. Uh, it's not because they chose to face those challenges. It's not because we can always see the challenges in front of them. It's not always as as visceral as as gender-based violence or or assault or harassment. It's things that we don't know, um, or that we do know, but we don't see, and we don't always think about that will make um, being a girl and then being a woman necessarily more difficult than than being uh, a guy. And so you have to try and raise your sons and daughter to be aware that those challenges are out there and that we actually have to be consciously um, trying to to overcome them.
1: So in this day and age, I think we talk a lot about, um, I mean, the word feminist is thrown out there quite a lot um and it comes up especially i mean with the the Harvey Weinstein that just came up and then Hillary Clinton and then Donald Trump and all this all, all the political climate is really changing um for you as a a, a man um how, like where do you see yourself in the conversation um around um around raising both your your sons and your daughter to um live in a in a world where where those values of gender equality um are present
2: gender equality values i think they they really they have to start at home and you have to try and live out those uh, values and how you you as a parent and as parents if you're if you're you're living with your, um, your spouse um, are raising your kids, um, and that goes everything from what we now talk about in terms of emotional burden, in terms of making sure that it's uh, you chores or chores. It's not the right way to talk about them, but you know that, that things happen, things that happen around the home are genderfied Anybody can do laundry, anybody can do dishes, anybody can do cooking, anybody can plan birthdays, anybody can buy gifts for birthdays, uh, anybody can sign up uh, for swimming lessons or soccer classes or gymnastics or ballet, and anyone can take the kids and bring them back from them. This is not things that are necessarily only the, the realm of the father or mother. Um, this is something that's shared equally within the household. Now some things will tend to fall one way or another, but that's not because it's a, a male or a female responsibility, but it's uh, it's, it's it's both. And so I'm, I guess in terms of gender equality, I mean those are small things, but you need to be able to see that in the household. And kids start to, I think, identify with that and they start to and how you then empower your kids in terms of what costumes they wear at Halloween or in terms of what toys they play with. Uh, you can't, um, I mean, your children are always being marketed to, uh, whether you like it or not, as some pink is for girls and blue is for boys and that you, you, you can't get away from this stuff unless you actually make a conscious effort in the household to do it, and there's there's no way that I could ever take credit for that because this is very much a, a joint effort between myself and my partner, my wife, um, in in making this happen, uh, or at least in in making sure this gender equality is president. And so, the the challenge you then, so as a parent then, when you 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 listen to the radio in the car and the radio's on at home every now and again, and my kids very much know who Donald Trump is. Um, and that's probably a good thing, even though it's kind of disgusting when you think about it. But they know who he is, um, and they know that his actions, uh, whatever they are, tend to be not the sort of actions we'd like to see replicated. Uh, I'm not sure they know who Harvey Weinstein is or any of these other men uh, who have been in the news lately. But it certainly reinforces the need that, like I, I said at the outset, well, there's one idea as to modern gender equality in the home, but then there's the other idea that you have to be aware of how, you're preparing your sons um, and in my case my daughter or your daughters to, to address these issues because as, a, as, a, as, a, as soon to be a young woman my daughter will face this. I have no doubt and it scares the crap out of me but I have no doubt that she will face this. In the workplace in the schoolyard um, in the classroom uh, on the soccer pitch somewhere she is going to face this. I know it and I need and I and um, my my wife um, and her her family around her and her friends we kind of have to be ready that that she will face this and hopefully she'll be uh, well equipped to I'm not sure even what that means to be well equipped but that we're we're we are well equipped to make sure that that we can handle that and that we're working towards having those sorts of situations where that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she's already yeah. making um, observations and comments about you know. Um, Things that girls might typically wear, or or costumes that t- girls are typically expected to to wear. Um, so, what are the ways that you and your wife are modeling gender to um to to make your kids aware of um, some of the gender stereotypes out there? I'm just curious, personally, what what are you doing at the home?
2: I think you have to make sure that you call it when you see it. So, even when you see even in, in how uh, you look at magazines at home or uh, or newspapers, if you still actually read newspapers, uh, we do, or at least get one a week right now. Um, when you see it on television, and television is the, the first place you'll you'll often see it, um, or even in music videos, if they're watching videos on YouTube, uh, that you're calling it when you see it. When you're calling it out when you see that there's a gender stereotype happening um you're you're making a point that no, you do not have to be a princess, yes, you can like whomever you want to like uh yes, you can play with your brother's remote controlled cars, and yes that they can certainly play with uh, we don't have any dolls in the house, but I mean that would be the the stereotype that they can play with your dolls or they can do whatever you want, and so you have to you have to call it as you see it and not presume that someone else will uh that she can be who she wants to be, and you make it known with her brothers as well that she can be who she wants to be, and that they can be as well, for that matter. And so you just have to make it known. You really have to call it when you when you see what is a gender stereotype that is being made.
1: I'd love to. I'd love to get your tips because I have like my my five year old. Um, I mean, the last past year since he started kindergarten, he's been coming home and saying, "Blue is for boys," and. Pink is for girls and he definitely doesn't get that from us. So I don't know. Do do you face that with your sons? Do they come home with uh with things that they've learned from the outside world? And how do you how do you how do you address it?
2: I don't know. Maybe your partner should wear a pink shirt. <laughs> 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 I'm not he sure does. what the, I'm not sure what but I'm sure he does, but there's there's I think I think that it's inevitable. We we can't hold it against kids that they come back and and are absorbing all the different stimuli that are out there and repeating it back to us as, as they think, as they, as they see it, you know, as they think is acceptable. Um,
1: but that doesn't mean that. Have your kids ever come back with, um, with things that they've learned that that you and your wife are like, "Uh uh-oh, like where'd you get that? Or, you know, why, why did you say that?
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. When, when our, I mean, our middle son comes home from school and can talk about how girls are not as strong as boys and boys are always bigger and stronger and all of this stuff. Um, you, you have to, again, you call it as you see it. You say, no, this is not the way it is. I mean, let's talk about the different. I mean, we use examples from home. Who is a much better swimmer, mom or dad? Right? <laughs> who can swim 100 laps?
1: Is it mom? And who can swim 10
2: <laughs> laps? Oh yeah, of course it is. By far and away. Who can hold their breath underwater for two minutes and twenty seconds and who can hold their breath underwater for twenty seconds? Mom or dad. You know, so now who is the stronger one? Right. And so this is a um I think you really have to ground it in, in what is most familiar to them, and that's with what's within their family. And you don't know I'm using examples of, of my wife and I, but you can use examples of friends, you can use examples of you can use examples in the animal kingdom if you had to. I mean, everyone, kids are fasting by insects, so talk about what a praying mantis does, <laughs> right? Um, and so I think you, you, you can't get mad at children for uh, for seeing this and, and repeating what they see. I mean, they're actually just trying to, re- by doing so, they're probably looking for some sort of validation of that view. And so you have to be able to present uh, to them in ways that demonstrate that actually, no, that's, that's not the case. Yeah.
1: Do you feel like as a dad, you have to be more intentional um, with this, with your kids, to model it with your kids?
2: I, uh, I think you have to probably... I don't know if intentional is the word I would... Yes, okay, the short answer is yes. You do need to be more intentional, but it also means you have to think about it more. Because perhaps... I mean, given the age of my kids, you can probably guess my age um, or what my generation is. And it's not something that unless our parents were well ahead of the curve, that in my case I was necessarily raised with. I wasn't raised being told, you know, pink can, can be for anyone or blue can be for anyone. Or, you know, I grew up with GI Joes. There's my age again and Transformers. Um, and that's I grew up in a house full of boys. You know, we had we were three brothers. And so this is, and certainly I didn't grow up in a household where um, we were having conversations around gender equality. It didn't happen. And it was a very stereotypical household. And so my, I guess my point is, is that even now it's not so much, yes, you have to be intentional, but it also means you have to be deliberate. And intentionality is something that deliberate is, and you have to think about it. Um, You have to think deliberately, okay, why, wait, 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 I got to stop, slow down, this is, something's happening here, I have to be aware of it.
1: Yeah, because you, you actually, you also are were a hockey player too, right? So you grew up in hockey culture and which was very, could have been maybe a lot permeated with a lot of male, um, male cult, masculinity or culture or whatever.
2: I, it, it, definitely, it definitely, it definitely was.
1: So how did you, how did you become a dad then that became like became more deliberate about looking at gender stereotypes with your kids?
2: That's a very good question. <laughs> because I played hockey, does it mean that you know, I was a, I'm a misogynist? Or just, I hope not. Um, or because I played tennis or because I fenced, which I never did, but let's say I did because I fenced it doesn't mean that I'm an anti-misogynist or you know I'm more feminine or anything like that. By no means is the case. Um, I'm just using the two examples because I think you would identify hockey as a very masculine heavy culture and then there's other sports which you might identify as less. Um, I don't think that necessarily affects, you might have a tendency towards one or the other, but it doesn't affect one or the other. I think what's important is that you have to be able to raise your children um, in the first instance with an open mind, recognizing that there's a whole lot more outside, I mean, in the world that's out there and that's influencing them than, uh, than what they are necessarily perhaps first aware of. Um, and so I think in my case, and hopefully it's what we're sharing now with our children, is that your that open mind exists, but then it comes back to your previous question around, then you have to be deli- it, deliberate and intentional uh, to uh, make them aware that there are certain things out there, and this is, I guess, where the feminist piece comes in, that inordinately affects women to make it, or girls and women to make it more difficult for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So how do, how did you become this guy with an open mind? I mean, I think it's, I think it's a, it seems like a simple question, but I think it's, it's uh, It's not that typical yet to, to, you know, it's getting more common to see dads stay at home when their kids are sick or maybe take parental leave. But it's, it's not, it's not that common yet um, as much as we would like to think. I think there's a
2: whole bunch of factors in there that affect whether you have an open mind or not. And then ultimately, if you, Decide to um, to have children, and you decide to do it with someone else. I mean, who that someone else is, uh, and how that person feeds into that whole the ecosystem of yourself, and, and, and whether that self is more open, um, more feminist, or, or less so. And so, I, I don't think that there's a, a clear answer to that.
1: Can you can you share some examples of how you and your wife share the gender roles around the house that maybe the way that your parents didn't versus the way that the two, you do it now?
2: Well, in the first instance, we're both working professionals, right? Uh, We both go to the office every morning and we both come home mostly every evening. Um, We both have, and we can interchange that, right? And so that was not the case, uh, certainly not in my family 30 years ago. Uh, So that's the first instance. And we're both... uh, Professionals in where we're we're, we're not in in gendered roles, in terms of like we both have similar jobs, similar levels, um, similar skill sets, right? There's there's already that that's taking place. Uh, In terms of we can interchange who does what, I can have a morning shift with the morning shift. That's a different way to say it. (laughs) It (laughs) You're clocking in and clocking off. But it, it's that, that, that you know, I can be there one morning or she can be there one morning and I can be there one afternoon or she can be there one after one evening, um, and either one of us can take them to swimming lessons. Uh, either one of us can you know, go to hockey practice necessarily. Um, either one of us can cook dinner or make breakfast or make lunches. That's, that's all shared equally. There's no distinction. There's no distinctions made. Uh, so I think that's one way of demonstrating that. And the same holds true because we both travel for work. And so I'll be away for a week and she'll be at home alone with the kids for a week. All right. There's no she'll travel for a week or two weeks and I'll be at home alone with the kids for two weeks. Like there's no distinction made and there's no um there's no like mommy's leaving and she's leaving you with this big long list of fares. All we're gonna eat is cheese whiz and hot dogs for the next two weeks because mommy's done your no none of that garbage. <laughs> um right it's it's the same this it's the same but there's no distinctions made between because you're the mom and I'm the dad that, that things run a different way. Or at least we hope not. They probably actually, they do a little bit. Of course, it's inevitable. We're different people. However, um, that, uh, that, that model is, that doesn't change. Now there's some things that are not very gendered in our household. Like it just just kind of happened that way. Um, I will change the tires on the car. My <laughs> wife won't do that. I probably take care of most of the bills. I do most of the financial stuff, which is a, Traditional gender stereotype. Oh, um, that's, that's funny
1: though, stuff. because in Vietnamese culture, the in Vietnamese culture, the woman does the finances. So really, yeah, that's
2: well, I, I think I, I think I knew that. I thought that, but I think in a traditional North American household, it's it's the man who will pay the bills and the man who will, you know, go and speak to the the other man at the bank and talk about the mortgage and stuff like that.
1: Let's let's go back. Like, let's spend the last um, couple of minutes talking about. Um, raising sons in a in quote feminist world and what are some of the 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 challenges and tips you would share about raising sons to um to respect women and to think of women as equals
2: i think as a dad you and this comes back to your previous question Maya, around being intentional and deliberate you have to be as a dad talk to them about it don't leave it to um a woman uh, I'm not presuming it's, it's someone's wife or your girlfriend or your mother or something like that, or a woman in, in that son's life, to speak to them about feminism and to speak to them about what it means for them to be a boy and then a man as opposed to a, a girl. And don't just say it because they have a sister or because they have a mother. You know, those are, are useful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very relevant, I shouldn't say useful, but it's a relevant example. But it's about, it has to be about them and as a, you have to be able to, to talk to them about it like, talk about great women in the household, right? Don't hesitate to talk about, uh, I mean, we'll talk about Marie Curie every now and again. I'm of Polish extraction, and so she was a, a proud Pole, um, you know, and, and what Marie Curie did. Um, and we, you know, you have kids' books about, now you've got kids, great some great kids' books about, you know, some of the greatest women in history. You know, read those with your boys. You know, as a father, do it, and talk about them and say, isn't that cool? You know, would you like to, one day do that? Um, I think those sorts of small things can make a big difference coming from a a male role model uh, who can have these types of conversations and reinforce those sorts of values.
1: How do you approach your boys um, when it comes to their emotions? Because that's been a a uh, kind of a, a traditional way of raising boys is to is to you know boys don't cry and you know boys don't talk about their emotions is do you have a different approach or what's your approach to raising boys
2: the emotional question is really interesting because our 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 second son is an emotional guy he is he's 7 years old and you can tell that he's a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve and and sometimes you're not entirely sure where it's coming from. Actually, if you think about it, you can generally tell where it's it's coming from, but I think you should kind of embrace it. And again, this comes back to your question about being deliberate and intentional. Uh, When that comes out, don't... You can't... I can't imagine that I would, but I know what happens. I've seen it happen when I coach hockey and I've seen other fathers do it to their sons. And, you know, don't cry like that. You're not a baby. You know, get up and just skate. You know, well, no, you can... you you shouldn't let, by by the same token, some children will choose to cry just because they don't want to do something. And that's, you know, we remain parents and and that there are times where, okay, you can cry, it's fine, I understand, but come on, let's go, let's find a way around this this obstacle. Um, And it doesn't matter that you're crying or not, but let's just find a common way around this obstacle that we have, whether it's because you can't, you can't do a crossover to the right. I keep coming back to the hockey analogy, but um, or you can't get a tennis ball straight, or you can't figure out how to play chess properly, or you you can't figure out how to close the loop on your your cursive A. I don't know if anyone handwrites anymore, but yeah, that, that's an issue. Um, so it's a question of of not so much dealing with don't don't look at the emotion in a in a boy girl sense, but it's an emotion. No emotional response that a child has, and they're facing an obstacle. Okay, so how do you get around that obstacle?
1: So going back to the the first question, but kind of adding a bit to it, what's your take on being a feminist dad?
2: That it's probably one of the most important things that I can do for my kids is to whether I'm whether I'm an active or, or, or I, I'm, I market myself as feminist or not, or identify myself as feminist or not. Probably one of the most important things I can do is to raise them to understand that um, that they can have an influence, all of them, boys and girls, uh, in how people are perceived, and that as a boy and as a girl, you can do something about that. That even this type of conversation, Mai, is something that really gets me to think more profoundly about what. How I do this and, and where, where, where the ever really hits the road is then how do you start modeling this? I mean, it starts really in that nucleus that is a family, but then how do you start modeling this when you're a coach or a teacher or even a parent hosting a birthday party, right? And how do you deal with this? Uh, so that's with other children, but then how do you deal with this with other parents?
1: Yeah, I think if I think dads have a lot of power and not kind of in the, the typical sense of how we think it, but I mean, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, girls face a lot, a lot of obstacles, but boys do as well in terms of how they're expected to be in their, in their you know, masculinities. So I think, it's, I think your kids are lucky to have you. I think they're, that it's great to have a dad with an I open think, mind. It's not, it's not always the case.
2: Well, I think they're lucky to have a, a great mom, too, who is very avowedly and proudly feminist. And so, well, the fact
1: the fact uh, that you acknowledge her as well, uh, you know, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, but that that, make, that certainly makes a huge difference because it also sets down it sets down certain markers in the relationship and the family dynamics. Right, we work on very much together, and it's not something that mm, I don't know that if you had told me twelve years ago that I'd be a feminist dad, that I would have told you, yeah, of course I'll be a feminist dad. <laughs> I would even the question?
1: Well, I think I think the way that, that it sounds like the the how you and your wife interact together. I mean, that's such an important, um, you know, those, those are such an important model for, for the kids, right? Like how your kids are seeing how the two of you model um, gender roles together.
2: Anyhow, this is much more like as a dad, it's one thing for dads to, to talk about being feminists, but I mean, this is women who lead the way on these things, right? We, we, we don't so much follow as we just have a key role to play right? We have to be there as bulwarks. Um, Again, not following, not, not cheering and clapping, but just as bulwarks on this stuff.
1: That's it, folks. Leave a review, subscribe on iTunes to keep us going, and join us for our next episode, Parenting Beyond the Binary. Until then, live life, love true, and keep it real.